Welcome back from the desk low. I got my first Philly guest, and you know I had to make this shit legendary right here. Um, somebody who I grew up on, because I was born in 91, so I had to go back and do my research on this. But, this is somebody who I, you know, listened to since I was like 14, 15, you know, so I got, you know, I don't want to say no more. Mr. Petey Cracks on the phone with me. Thank you, thank you, man. How you feeling, man? I appreciate you. Oh, I'm I'm doing good, sir. How, how's life been for you, sir? I'm pretty good, man. I'm really blessed to be here, and uh, you know, to still, um, you know, still have the love and you know respect, and you know, and still be able to do what I what I love to do. I'm still making music, and uh, we're getting into a little bit of uh, film and screenplay writing and stuff like that. But things been good. I just had a daughter, my first little girl. I'm pretty happy, man. Oh, congratulations on that, sir. It's nice to see that people are having kids like, you know, like somebody who I listened to for so long. Yeah, I got a, I got actually have four, I have four boys, and uh, this is my first little girl. She's the baby, so, you know, I always wanted kids. As When I was a kid, I always imagined me having a lot of kids as an, as an adult. So, you know, God, you know, God bless me. He answered my prayers. Um, so we'll get into family a little bit later, Mr. Crack, um, because, um, I've been listening to Bobby's World, that's fire, and I'm, and I'm wondering, um, are we gonna get, like, a full Petey Crack debut album? Yeah, you, you are, actually, man, it, it's really, really close to, uh, being complete now. I have, uh, I have, I have maybe six or seven songs that I'm really in love with right now. I, I, I have about 50. To twenty, but it's really six or seven that I'm really loving, and I was thinking of maybe just doing a, a ten song uh, actual LP album, and uh, just give them the album. And I got the, you know the music is there, man. I'm, it, we're about ready. We're almost ready, man. For the people who like who haven't been keeping up with Mr. Crack, because you got some fire mixtape like Crack Files. My personal favorite is Torture. Yo, you know it's crazy. Uh, I think. I think Torture was my favorite, too. I can't find it. I can't find it to listen to it now, but I remember Torture having a lot of, uh, it was a certain part of my life uh, that it was just a real unique time in my life, and I was just doing, making different, just different things was happening, and it, it reflects in that on that Torture mixtape. I can, you know, it has a different feeling to it. That was one of my favorites. Yes, sir, because, like, on, um, um, the track, the mixtape we were just talking about, Torture, you were ripping up tracks, like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, Torture, you were ripping up tracks, like, Nas's hip-hop is dead beats, like, you were killing that shit, like, those beats were made for you. Yeah, well, I gotta contribute a lot to, uh, DJ, um, Ant Live. He was working, uh, hands-on with me. We were working a lot together. He the one who originated, uh, we originally started doing Crack Files together back in the very beginning of my whole, uh, process. And, uh, he would always bring, uh, ideas. And, you know, he would bring the beats. And, and if it was a beat that I was looking for or an idea, I would, I would explain it to him and he would make it happen. So, uh, me and him really, we, most of my early mixtape days and all of the, uh, all of the content that I had back then was mostly just me and him working, recording in my kitchen or whatever kind of apartment I was living in. He would just bring the computer and we would set up right there. It wasn't even in the studio. It was pretty cool. 
Yeah, because I watched from your interviews throughout the years, you seem like a very genuine individual, and you always showed respect to people who, like, always helped you out, and, like, you even showed respect to people who did you wrong. I wonder what makes you like that. Um... My dad's like honestly, that. Uh, say that again? My dad's like that, too. Your dad is like that? Yeah. Um, I think I think I get that from my, from my mom, to be honest with you. My, uh... My mom is a very uh, sweet, compassionate person. She's always been respectful. She never drank or smoked, or she never cursed around me. And um, I would always watch how she how she dealt with people. I'm a lot like my mom, and uh, she just instilled a lot of stuff into me. To this day, she's the same way. And now that I'm an adult, I can identify certain things when I look at her, and I'll be like, "Yo, that's why I'm. That's that's the reason why I am the way I am." I think it's from my mom, man. Now, I got an edgy side to me, too. That's why I think the combination of that makes work better for me because I'm edgy and I can be risky at times and I can get, I can get a little, uh, a little radical at times sometimes, but it gets, it gets kind of leveled out with the, uh, respect and compassion I got as a person. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just not completely wild and crazy because, but I'm not also, I'm not completely soft and, uh, and gentle either. You know what I'm saying there's like a little balance. So, and that's the way it's got to be. You said, another thing you said too about uh, me showing uh, love and respect to certain people. I feel like it's due, especially when I'm telling my story. I want to tell the truth, even if it's people that may have um, did did me wrong or whatever in the past. I know people make mistakes, and um, I'm gonna tell the truth of how it is, man. Uh, so. I got to give credit where credit is due, people that played a part in helping me. Um, I'm, I already I already receive enough credit for what I do best, so I don't I don't mind, and I'm sharing light with people and giving people, it ain't all about me, I know it ain't, you know what I mean, a lot of people help me, you know what I mean? Yeah, because um, when it comes to family, like family's number one. Like, do you, like because like I remember you were saying about your grandma. Like, you were you were real close with your grandma, um, and I'm like real close to my dad. Like, my dad knows how I feel about rap. My dad was always like, "Hey, your show's on, you know, Rap City and shit like that." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm at school right now. I'll be right. home later." Um, like, yeah. does like how did your family like still feel that? that Jay-Z acknowledge you? Like, do you guys still talk about that to this day? Or that's, like, kind of in the past for you? Uh, well, my mom, my mom would always, uh, my mom would always bring up old things or ask me questions pertaining to, like, uh, stuff that happened in the past with Jay and stuff like that. Or she would go through old pictures and she would see, like, she would see me, Jay, and Free on stage, uh, or just different pictures she would find on the internet and we would get into a conversation about, you know, just things, memorable things. And uh, she still thinks it's an amazing thing. She thinks, um, you know, she's proud. And, you know, we never thought that this would happen. Because uh, I was always a kid that always, just like you, I was always always had a love for hip-hop. Before I got in the game, my whole family knew how I felt about rap and that I was really, really passionate about it. And this before, I made them believers, though. So back then, it was more so like, as I got older, and like uh, it was time to get a job. And, uh, you know, at that age, where though the family paying attention, trying to see what you're going to do with your life. And everybody's like, yo, get a job. You need to go to school or something, man. That rap thing ain't going to work out, man. It's not for everybody. And then when I did accomplish it, um, everybody really was like, really, they 
money that they feel like I could do anything. They're like, yo, I seen you do this with my own two eyes. I watch you grind up from nothing. And I watch you go from here to me watching you on TV and traveling the world with Jay-Z and on these big records and stuff like that. So my mom was like, yo, I never doubt you ever. She was like, anything you, you could do, you show me that you could do anything. So after that, that was just dope to hear that mom. Because for a long time, she was the main person that I really wanted to believe in me. You know what I mean? But she didn't, she just, you know, she's not toned in. She didn't, she didn't know like how I knew. I was just, I was just dead up about it. Like it was, it, was, it wasn't a question of me doing this. This is it. This is all I wanted to do in life or I'd rather not do anything else. Nothing else mattered at the time. So I think that's how I accomplished it by making it so important. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It don't be important enough to people. Some people ask me, like, yo, what advice would you give me? I'm like, yo, I give you, I will, ask, I want you to ask yourself, is this something you really want to do? Like, how passionate are you about it? Or is this just a hobby and you're just doing this shit for fun? What, what, what do you want from this? Because it got to mean the world to you. You got to be compassionate. You got to. God got to see, like, yo, I got to give it to this kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, because, like, that's exactly like that's exactly what I've been feeling lately with this podcast. Because I'm not gonna lie, I used to be a rapper for all my life, but you know what? My rhymes is whack. Like I tried it out, and I'm like, yo, I can't do this. And I was at a point where in my life where I didn't know what to do with myself. And then all of a sudden, I started getting all these guests and shit like that, like like uh, Raz Kaz and like Mathoff. I'm not too sure if you know these people or anything like that. But, Hell yeah, Raz Kaz, my man. Yeah, that's my homie, personal. Yeah, that's my man. I've been with. I was at his crib in Cali before, but my bad. I mean to cut you off. Oh, no. It's all good. Too. At least That's it. my man, though. I, I used to play 007 with him. First, first day I met Razzcast, we was in fucking Compton or somewhere close to Compton. And I went to his crib on the late night. And we was, he was playing 007. And we just sat in there and drank and talked shit. And then I seen him again and at some uh, underground hip-hop DJ thing in Manhattan. And we was reminiscing like, yo, remember Cass? So shout out to Raz Cass. And it's ill because I was a big fan of Raz Cass as a kid watching him on TV. So for me to be at his crib in L.A. was just mind-blowing. You know what I'm saying? Well, because like I know you like Dawes Effects and Beastie Boys and like stuff like that you grew up on. like and, like and I love I love them. I love them. Yeah, and like you still remember lines from that, right? Like from the from them songs, I'm assuming. Hell yeah, I know that whole Beastie Boys album. <laughs> so like, does it fuck you up when people like me come up to you and say like they remember lines from you, like your line "Shake it for me"? You're like, I I catch myself saying this on the regular, like Mr. P crack cocaine. I got realer. My mind in the heart. My my. Mind in the gutter and heart in the sewer. I kick a bitch to the curb. I keep it moving. I'm married to the game. I love my money and my music. Like, I grew up on that shit. Right, yo. And you know what? It never gets old to me when somebody spits something to me. Now, I always tell people that's, that's the other most gratifying thing uh, um, besides being able to get paid for something that I feel like I do for just fun. Like, it's easy. And for me to get paid to do a show and go drink and go rap on stage is my, is, is crazy to me. And I, that's beautiful. But the other thing is, that's gratifying is when somebody come up to you and say, yo, I love you, crack, yo, my favorite joint you spit. And they start spitting it. For them to spit, for a total stranger to spit something that I created from scratch, from nothing, as my creation. And them to appreciate it and know it word for word, that means a lot to me. You know what I'm saying? That means a lot. 
Yeah, man, because that 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 shit was one of my favorite joints. Like you're you're on a say, I don't think this gets much attention, like how it should. But you're on a track of Ghostface and Diddy. Like that's Woo and Bad Boy. I know, man. That that's amazing to me that I that I'm on a fucking on a track with on on a fucking who album was that on? That was on Bean's album, right? Yeah, the Solution fourth album. Yeah, that that's amazing to me that I'm on a track with Ghostface and Diddy. Even though that song didn't get uh, as much recognition as I would have expected, but it still still feels good. You know what I'm saying, Maker? And the Neo track that that meant a lot to me too, man. To be on, I didn't know he was going to be such a big artist when we first did that. But I'm so glad that I did it, man. I'm so glad. Tata put me originally uh, requested to put me on it, and that was one of the best things that somebody ever did for me in the business. Because that album went like four times platinum, and then this kid ended up turning out to be one of the biggest, best writers and Grammy Award winners ever. I mean, that I've, from my generation, and I'm uh, hip hop, and I'm on his, I'm, I got the first song on his first album, so the, that's history for me. Does it feel like that you were ahead of your time on that one? Uh, I feel like I'm ahead of my time. I was ahead of my time, period, in the industry. I think I, um, a lot of stuff that's going on now with people being free with styles and and uh and flows and creativity. I've been uh, attempting to, to change things and uh, bring that to the table. And shout out to everybody doing it now. But I'm just saying, back then it wasn't so much accepted. Back then, I'm happy that they accepted me with the flow that I had back then because uh, it was a, it was a risk that I took. Because uh, it could have been shut down. They could have been like, yo, I don't like that shit. What is that? That ring and it's not that came up off of it. That wasn't, that wasn't in. You know what I mean? Most people was rapping like Beanie Siegel and, uh, you know, more so trying to cater to that hustler type of rap like Jay-Z and stuff like that. So for me to come with more of a, um, uh, a theatrical, animated type of flow like that, being up at Rockefeller Records, you know, that's not so receptive to... Uh, you know, that type of rap, but I guess, you know, it worked out for me, man. Yeah. It worked out. Dame loved it, and that was it. Because, like, because, uh, like, you, you were signed to Rockefeller and Def Jam, but we never got that album, because, like, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, because I read, like, interviews and magazines, like, your album was supposed to be called Prince of the Rock, Men of Respect, like, do you still have, like, unreleased music that you just play for yourself and yourself only, and you just no, reminisce I, on that? I, Yo, I do, man. I got so much. Uh, I got a bunch of CDs in the house with all the uh, all the old um, all the old hits, all my old. I said old hits, all my old songs from from the Rockefeller uh, recordings that from the album that was supposed to come out. I got one right here in my hand right now. Matter of fact, it says CD Crack Rockefeller. I'm in the car. I listen to it every now and then. I got a lot of dope songs on there. And, like, that's something you just play for yourself, right? Like, that's not released to the public. Yeah, it's not released to the public, but I'll play it like, a couple of my homies. And my son always likes to listen to it. He's like, Dad, put them all that old CD again. he like it. he be like, yo, this should have came out, Dad. he like, does it like um so like and that's another thing that i always ask my artists like do you keep like all of your old mixtapes like and i mean like everything that you like release as a reminder but uh i think dj ain't locked 
no, because he was I mean, uh, and he was printing them, and you know, getting the artwork. Are you cutting? So, I'm for Are oh, you cutting out a little uh, bit, sir? Okay, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, Ant Live, Ant Live has them. Okay, okay. So, like, um, so, like, when you, like, like, does it still, like, blow your mind that you had talks with Jay, like, and you still use that advice he gave you to this day, or you kind of just, like, fell back on that? Uh, I kind of fell back on that, man. The, the, the time, the time frame changed so far, so, uh. I don't know, it seems like more more important things now. Even though that meant a lot to me back then, but it just seems like, I don't know, I, got, I, I always try to stay in a mind frame of just moving forward and progressing. I don't like to really dwell on things in the past. I mean, I mean, how useful is that? Think, that was then and now is now, you know what I mean? That's very true, because you can't go off the past when the future is now. Right, and, and uh, what may have been applied back then, uh, you know, things change so much that there's new rules now, and it's new. I have to take a new direction. I'm not the same young kid that, that it may have worked for me then, but now something has to work, something has to be different to work for me now as an adult. My, my wants and needs are different. My goals are different. There's things that I won't accept now that I would have accepted then, so everything has changed. Like, um... Mental health is, like, awareness is at all-time high right now. And, like, I've never seen so much suicides and overdoses. I'm wondering, like, have you ever lost anybody to, like, suicide or an overdose? Yeah, I lost a lot of friends. More than I can count, honestly. All throughout my life, all my friends. You know, I grew up, we grew up in the era, and where I'm from, the environment, we all, uh, it was it was okay. It was kind of cool to drink syrup and, and pop pills and stuff. Nobody really knew the effects. So I swear to you, uh, my neighborhood, when I was in my teenage years, all everybody was on Xanaxes, and not just one or two Xanaxes. I knew girls that would take, that would have to take at least eight, eight to ten Xan, Xanax pills to even have an effect because they took so many pills for so long. And if, if they didn't take the pills and they tried to stop, they would catch seizures because their bodies were so used to having the pills in their system and just one by one they were either overdosing and they were just dying it was not waking up going to sleep and not waking up and that's been going on all my life we all got friends here in philly that just never woke up you know what i'm saying would you like um would you recommend therapy like have you ever had therapy before uh i haven't had therapy um i would recommend therapy because um uh mental illness I'm sure it's big worldwide, but um, now it's just starting to get recognized. Now where we where we at, like and the experiences, we don't. We just try to be tough about it, and we don't even feel like we're suffering from anything. Like um, uh, depression from like it's, it's depression. It's, it's depressing to grow up and lose your childhood friends or to witness a murder and all of that. But you you can't you can't stop and. And, and seem vulnerable and be all sensitive about it. You got to keep it moving. But meanwhile, inside, issues are building up. You know what I mean? You have nightmares, you have flashbacks, and there's just a, a crazy effect throughout the years for the things that I've experienced and seen, from jail to being in the street, uh, getting in trouble, drug abuse and all that had a crazy effect on me. 
And now as an adult, now you start to be mindful and start to look, think about it. And be like, damn, maybe I should go talk to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because therapy ain't for everybody, though. I, would, I, I need some to certain. There's a lot of things that I haven't talked about that need to, that need I need to let out. Would but you, it's only certain people who you, you know, some people you don't want to talk, some people you can't share certain things with. So that's, yeah. that's what a therapist would be there for. Yeah, well, like, what if you have trust issues and you're like, you don't want to trust a therapist? I mean, I would trust a therapist. I mean, it's their job to help me. And, I mean, well, well, true, because there's some things, well, you, you can't tell them every fucking thing. Yeah. But you could, you could, you could get some stuff off your chest, but not, not legally that's going to get you in some trouble. I'm not going to tell them everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to tell them some things that, that may be bothering me, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you don't want to incriminate yourself. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, some things, some things you, some things you got to take to the grave with Yeah. Have you ever thought about, like, yeah. writing a book about, like, your experience in the music industry and, like, sharing, like, some of your experiences that can help a lot of artists out nowadays? I, well, I have. I have. Uh, my mom always tells me, because, you know, I say, I talk to my mom a lot. I'm an only child. So me and her, we talked for years, and we have always had a good relationship and good communication. But um, when I would talk to her about certain things and tell her stories and stuff that I've never told nobody... She'd be like, yo, you should really write a book, man. I'm like, I know, mom. She's like, no, seriously, you should write a book. And I'm like, not right now. No, I feel like I still got to finish the story. But then she's like, yo, you might as well, why don't you start it now, though? Why don't you start it now? So, yeah, I, I did want to look into, um, you know, starting the process of a book. Yeah, because there's a there's an endless need for information in this day and age. True. Because and I got a good story to tell, man. You have one of the best stories because, like, one of your stories is, like, so inspirational because, like, I heard it from your mouth where your whole life changed f within a day. Yeah, something that I've been wanting uh, forever happened over one within hours in a day. Something I prayed for and I would cry. I would be so passionate about in prayer that tears would be going down my eyes and I, was, I felt so strong about it throughout my whole life since I was maybe 11 or 12. And then to accomplish it, and for it to just happen, like the dream that I never thought would happen, it happened right before my eyes in one day. And, and it forever changed your life too. Yeah, my life never, I've never been the same since. It's been, it's just been different. I remember my life then, I remember then. And uh, then afterwards, it's just, Do you I mean, I still live a real life I still live a real life like everybody else. You know, I got issues and it has ups and downs, but I don't know, just, just things just change, man. Uh, my job and my, my direction is different now. Yeah. I, I know what I have to do. I know what, you know, everybody knows what I have to do. That's exactly. Well, um, I, I don't want to take up most of your time because, like you said, we all have our own individual lives, and I appreciate you doing this for me. Um, I just want to ask you one more question that I ask all my guests. Okay, I'm listening. Do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? Uh, I do, man. Um, whenever, every, you know, we all going to go through stuff, and. Uh, um, sometimes I used to feel like I, I can, I can handle it. And only thing that's going to make it right is I, I, I'm in control of it. Then I got to do this. or I got to do that. 
Man, I've learned that I'm not in full control of it. God is the only thing that's, that's here for me. When everything else works, and I really need somebody to come through for me, nobody else can help me, I got to pray. And when I pray, my prayers always been answered. I've never, I've been down, but I've never been completely out. Like, God never allowed me, because I'm a strong, I'm a true believer. And he knows my heart. But whenever I really needed anything, man, I was I would pray on it. And if it, it didn't ever happen at that moment, but it eventually worked out for me. I'm still here. I can't really complain, man. People got real issues. I'm not doing too bad, you know what I'm saying? I'm not super rich. I don't have Lamborghinis and all that stuff. But I'm pretty good, man. I got the crib, got my kids. I can't eat it every day. I got love and respect from people around the world. So just keep a good faith in God. And, keep, keep your faith in God, man. And you got a birthday coming up, too, so it must be blessed to see um, your age, too. Man, I'll be 41, man. I used to ain't like to say nothing about my age, but hey, I like being 41, man. It feels good to me to make it to this age, you know, to still be here. I got a lot of friends. All my friends are really dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, I have maybe three friends. I feel you on that one. But hey, yeah, uh, Mr. So. Crack... Uh, we look forward for the album, and um, like I said, I'm very loyal to my guest, so I'll be buying that album. I appreciate you, man. I believe that, too, man. I want you to stay in, uh, stay in contact with me, man. And, uh, Ho hopefully we I can get you back you. for season three, man, because you're my first big guest for season two. That's cool, man. It'd be my pleasure, man. It'd be my pleasure. And I'll, uh, whatever I get as far as, like, um, you know, emotional stuff, t-shirts and all that stuff. I'll make sure I send you some stuff. I appreciate that, Mr. Crack. One time. Thank you, man. Ring. Appreciate you, brother. Peace out, G. Peace.